elephants pick up lines in spring break, it's pun intensive. Welcome to Pun Intensive. We have a slightly smaller than average group here. He knows when you've been good or bad. David Guggenheim Guggenheim. Even though he doesn't drive a muscle car, he's still a gearhead, Gary Halleck. And a man who is really not all that tall, but is certainly wide beyond his years, David Wide. And me, your host, just another Faisal you're going through, Aaron Faisal. Welcome, gentlemen. We're going to start off, as usual, with the Zinger of the Week. The Zinger of the Week, where we ask each of our panelists to share personal anecdotes and experiences in the world of Workaday Wordplay. So let's go ahead and start off with producer emeritus and longest surviving MC of the O. Henry Punoff and cope reducer of Pun Intensive, Gary Halleck. Hello, Gary. Hey there. I have a good friend who is in the process of moving from Austin to uh, a faraway place and she's trying to get rid of a whole bunch of her stuff and she called me in because I am such a hoarder and pack rat uh, that she knew that I was going to come and help her uh, dispose of a bunch of her stuff. I said, well, yes, I'm very well trained for this. In fact, I have a PhD. uh, And she says, you have a PhD? I said, yes, I've learned how to pilot higher and deeper. And uh, (laughs) I've actually been recruited as an adjunct professor at the local university. Because I keep adding junk. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was zingery, all right. And now we have the current producer of the O. Henry Ponoff and a hard act to follow because he's always riding the brakes, David Guggenheim. Well, I um, had a little pocket-sized 7-inch television, and it quit working. It only worked when I plugged it in with the AC adapter. So I saw this place called Batteries Plus. And I had disassembled it, and it had this odd little battery, which was actually a cluster of smaller batteries, which had been shrink-wrapped together with two wires coming out of it. And I knew I could, you know, go to Fry's and buy the pieces, parts, and solder them together and make myself another one. But I thought, this place claims to have a battery to fit everything. So I went in there and asked if they had one. And they said, no, but we could make you one. I said, well, can you test this one just to make sure it's the battery? And they said, sure. And they came back and said, it doesn't work. And I said, is it terminal? (laughs) (laughs) And our very special guest today, multi-time O. Henry Punoff competitor and veteran of numerous monthly humiliations at the Pundemonium Games in Seattle, Washington, David Wide. I have two. So my new dodgeball team has a player named Andreas and a player whose last name is Fam. So I named us Family Vans and Race Cars. (laughs) And I have a throwback, which is there's a Hanukkah treat called Sufgani Oat. They're like little donuts. And uh, I made the joke online, what does Cat Stevens eat for breakfast in India? Yusuf Gandhi Oat. (laughs) I would blame him for that. It's obviously Andreas' fault. (laughs) And then producer, host, MC, magician, and tech support guy for everyone he knows over 60. It's me, Aaron Faisal. I don't know why, but the other day I read a pun that said, what kind of a duck is a cat? And the answer was a platypus, and I laughed myself silly. I didn't make it up, but uh, uh, I 
and I don't think it's funny now, so I don't really know what happened. <laughs> so because you at one time thought this was funny, I think you wish that you had come up with it, you're going to now take credit for it as your zinger of the week. <laughs> yeah, I have other zingers, but I'll bring those up this in the future. really puts the week in zinger of the week. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to be doing head and lines in my favorite game, Headlines. And welcome back. Now, everyone knows that the best way to get someone to read a newspaper is... Okay, that's that's not really done these days, but 20 years ago, you needed an attention-grabbing headline. So, in this game... I will read the lead, and you come up with the headlines. So it turns out that drug-sniffing dogs that are trained to detect marijuana are complicating searches where pot has been legalized, forcing some into early retirement. Ooh, their, their dog days are numbered. They were dopermans. <laughs> early retirement, they replied, Doc soon? <laughs> Or expand, expanding on my other one, dog dazed and confused. Yeah. <laughs> Bulldogs as well. Bulldogs? Bull, like you smoke a bull. Out of bull. <laughs> it's just how naive I am. All right. Fewer criminals being collared by dogs. We'd prefer they did better. <laughs> I marijuana get a good pension. English jointers as well. Hey, man, I got some real good shit, Sue. Want some? (laughs) (laughs) So here's a new headline. Hairdresser Alberto Olmedo, based in Madrid, cuts hair in a unique way with swords and metal claws. He's talented. (laughs) Well, I'm going back to the dog puns. That's pretty sharp, eh? (laughs) (laughs) He's not Canadian. Actually, he had very feminine extremities. It was kind of like he had Edward's sister hands. (laughs) (laughs) And and his trainee is Edward's assistant hands. (laughs) The salon was on a hill, so he belayed to it. So when he goes through the uh, uh, metal detector at the airport, do they fisker him? Have to fisk <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> cut that one out. Oh, oh trust me. I, <laughs> you pre-cut it, right? Uh, knife one, Gary. <laughs> oh, great. Now I have to leave it in. Uh, <laughs> no, no more Mr. Knife Guy. <laughs> no more Mr. TSA. Well, in you'll the, in figure the, that one out later. In, the, in that he, in that this guy's working in Madrid, I guess he's got a lot of Spaining to do. <laughs> it was a harrowing thing. This is not Madrid. These are not the Drids you're looking for. <laughs> uh, this is this is not a pun. This is swordplay. A man attacks McDonald's employee over straw dispute. A McDonald's customer in Florida who lashed out at an employee in a dispute over a straw was later arrested. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He was a strong man. Obviously, he was at his wit's end, and it was the last straw. Mm. Not a pun. (laughs) Florida man. (laughs) 
They offered him a free McDonald's hat, and he turned it down. His name was Larry. You can't cap a Larry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what does that got to do with a straw? Uh, well, the, no, uh, he, mo- the moving liquid up a straw is capillary action. Oh, of course. Also, the uh, fight drew blood, so. Mm. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> it's a blood feud. I went a straw on that one. <laughs> it's really making me grimace. <laughs> we could combine the topics and do straw dogs. I can straw dogs. I can straw cats. I can straw almost anything. I am an oddist. Yet the Hamburglar is still at large. <laughs> now he hates McDonald's. They're arch enemies. And this will go on forever because it's arch rival. <laughs> and thus we can get more funding for the arch. The Hatfields and McDonald's. <laughs> All right, I got one more headline for y'all. Arizona residents are attacking self-driving cars, trying to run them out of their neighborhoods. Self-driving car company Waymo vans have come under multiple attacks from drivers and pedestrians who object to the company testing in their town. One incident involved a resident threatening a Waymo vehicle with a PVC pipe, while another pointed a 22 caliber revolver at a van. There are Waymo attacks to come. <laughs> so there was no van in that car? Yeah, it had nothing to show for itself. <laughs> <laughs> it was an AI sore. <laughs> they wheelie wanted it to leave. Really uh, puts them in the driver's heat. <laughs> They're tired of these cars. I, I just think it's really odd that, you know, when usually when people are assaulted with a pipe, it's like a lead pipe, right? Like, even though nobody's used lead pipes in 100 years, <laughs> somehow when it's time to assault someone, you usually can find a lead pipe. And, and yet, yet for, you know, in, in this kinder, gentler America that we have now, you're being attacked by a PVC pipe. <laughs> like, that's not PVC. You thought it was a PCV valve. These people really need to get a clue. <laughs> Because the lead pipe is one of the weapons. In- and also, talk about kinder and gentler. It says another person pointed a twenty-two caliber revolver at a van. Okay, in the first place, he only pointed it. He didn't actually shoot it. And it was a twenty-two caliber revolver, which I don't... Does anybody make a twenty-two caliber revolver? Why bother? I mean, you barely hurt anybody with that. The engine had lots of revolverutions per minute. It probably was a caliber, actually. It, or if they destroyed it, it'd be an Excalibur. <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody made any Uber puns yet. Was I was <laughs> trying to think of one. But the Autonomous Man Empire? I, th- I think that joke went Uber his head. <laughs> if you think that's funny, you're a total Uber. <laughs> Can I lift that one from you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this game's driving me crazy, so we're going to move on. Down the road. After this, we will discuss a wide range of topics. Stick around. Okay, and we are back with Gary Halleck, David Guggenheim, and, well, me, Aaron Faisal. Now, I didn't mention our other panelist, David Wide, because he is the topic of the day. Welcome, David. 
Thanks. Hi. Hi. Uh, now, we want to talk a bit about you and your experiences in life, uh, particularly at Pandemonium. But as the host, I get the first question. Earlier today, you were talking about a pun you gave to a woman in order to get a date with her. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, scheduled. So... She said she was sick, but was going to go to yoga later. And I said, oh, a yogi will help with your yogi GI tract. <laughs> it, was, it was a stretch. And actually, I, follow, I followed it up with, she said, I don't want to know. And I said, the answer is grim, like Edgar Allan Poe's writing, which did not receive a response. Uh, a woman a- once told me she was into yoga, and I said, let's get a picnic basket. <laughs> All right. So she, well, she probably wasn't going to give you the downward dog. I was, <laughs> <laughs> David, you might not want to tell her about this podcast for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'll be careful. You might lose your position. <laughs> what are your credentials? Why do you consider yourself a punster worthy of guesting at the Pun Intensive podcast? We're not worthy. <laughs> We're not wordy. So I competed at the O. Henry Punoff in Austin twice. And actually, I attended a number of times. Uh, I saw a banner driving on I-35 here in Austin that said O. Henry Punoff. And I was like, what in the world is that? And why is it driving? (laughs) And how can you come to Austin without seeing a banner, too? Yeah, so I came to the pun-off, loved it, and then ultimately signed up to compete. And it's just a lot of fun both going to attend and being on stage and kind of having this celebration of wordplay and puns. Now, you're not from Austin? or uh, Originally from Seattle, which is where I live now. And so I lived in Austin for a while. And mm. I moved back to Seattle, and they have a pandemonium event there. So pandemonium's in like five or six cities, and it's a monthly event. It's a combination of punslingers and punniest. There are two rounds where they assign you a topic. The first, you have an hour to come up with a monologue. Door 6.30, and then 7.30, show starts. So if you want to just watch, you get there 7.15, 7.30. If you're preparing, you get there at 6.30, get your topic, and then write for an hour. And then the second round is you get a new topic in 30 seconds to prepare, and then two minutes of one-liners instead of a monologue. So that's more like punslingers against yourself. And during that 30 Uh, seconds, what's happening? You are feverishly writing down cues so that when you are up there for two minutes, you can read your list of cues and try and come up with a pun for each. And sometimes you get heckled, and sometimes, actually, this is really nice, is if you run out of cues, you ask the audience and people shout things at you. Why wouldn't you just recuse yourself? <laughs> so if someone heckles you, you can try and make a pun out of it, and that's like a big cheer from the audience. So I assume it's it's good natured heckling. It's not a mostly. No, oh. It's it's, it's one of these. It's people who wish that they, wish that they were up there in your place. And yeah. you probably wish they were too. <laughs> and the last round is head to head. Top four of the ten or so people who compete in the first two rounds move on to semifinals, and that is basically punslingers, but it's not last. To survive, it's two minutes back and forth, and if someone doesn't have anything, they'll just sit there and wait for the other person to make another two or three, and then they'll go, and then it's the other person's turn again. And then the audience votes. But there's audience judging, so it's whoever shows up. Five people are judges for the first two rounds, and then the third round is usually cheering, but sometimes scores from the judges. You're being judged based on your overall performance. Usually you're judged on who got the single best insult in. Uh, in- insult? It's, it's kind of like a little... Uh, Testy. Well, in that in that it gets personal. I mean, if you can if you can make your puns personal and still be on topic, it, it drives the other guy to respond. Yeah. So what I found with it is that you're not judged on like your total body of work. It's like in chess we say like, whoever makes the next to last mistake wins, yeah. and it's kind of like that. 
What exactly is your affiliation with this? Do you just show up, or do you uh, uh, commiserate with the folks who organize it, or do you organize it yourself? So I show up just to compete, and sometimes like one or two times I've just watched, so I can actually talk to people instead of writing for an hour. How can our listeners attend this event? Where would they go? How would they know when it's going to happen? So there's a Pundemonium website for all of them, and then there's city-specific events. So I think Chicago has one. Minneapolis, I believe, is where it started. Seattle's is at Peddler Brewing on second Wednesdays. That's in Ballard. And it is door 630. Show starts at 730. Can you share with us anything that you have done at either Pandemonium or O. Henry? Yeah. So the one I'm most proud of at Pandemonium is I had 30 second round and elephants. And I came up with, when I travel, I pack a dermatology kit in my trunk. (laughs) And then uh, on this Wednesday, I had Illinois for the hour rounds. And it was really inappropriate because it's at a bar. But one of the things I said was, I referred to a condom as a Dick Turban for uh, (laughs) Senator Dick Turban. Uh And some people got it. Some people thought it was a silly thing to say. And some people just dead silence. (laughs) Okay, now let's talk talk about topic prompts. Unlike with the O'Henry pun off, if you get a topic, it might go on five, ten minutes if it's a really rich topic. And nobody's policing the parameters of the topics. So two things. One is at the O'Henry pun off, you'll basically exhaust a normal thread and then you'll have to branch off. So on Wednesday, one of the semifinals was letters of the alphabet. And so they went through a number of them and you got used like five or ten times, but they didn't go like at O. Henry Punoff for punslingers, Greek letters would have been used, Hebrew letters would have been used. And the other thing with pandemonium in Seattle specifically is that references actually go over better than puns because everyone gets the joke. Um, Unless it's irreverent. That's irrelevant. Uh, so, for example, someone made a joke that didn't land in the kitchen topic, and then they're like, oh, I guess I'll sweep that under the rug. And the audience just went nuts. <laughs> so, references are like much more accessible in some sense to an audience that's at a bar. But also, well, well, like, yeah. anytime you're at a bar, it's more accessible because you've got people who at, are living at a bad bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad bar. Oh, you got me. <laughs> It's kind of intriguing, though, to think that if you are time-limited, then that topic of elephants was yours and yours alone. Yes. So you didn't have to worry about somebody else stealing one of your cues. You didn't have to worry about that, but you also don't get fed by them. So, like, if they make a cue, it makes you think of another cue. Yeah. And for the the head-to-head two-minute round, uh, what I find with that is that I'm kind of in O. Henry Punslinger's mode, where I'm trying to just think of something as fast as possible and survive. And especially if they're not saying anything for one or two or three puns, they're trying to think of like something really good, like a good insult or zinger. And so I'm not judged on how many I make or how long I can go. It's sort of more quality or like funny to the audience rather than just surviving as long as possible. When you ask like, what are my pun credentials? I think in some sense, I've always kind of had that tendency. So when I was a very small child, my family took a ferry and I got on the boat and I like how he preemptively said boat so, <laughs> so we wouldn't all go all Tinkerbell on him here. And so I, I got on my hands and knees on the boat and started like frantically crawling or walking around. And my, my mom was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm looking for fairies. <laughs> Were you intentionally being 
cute? No, no. I, 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 like, I knew we were on a ferry, and so I figured there would be fairies, and that's just how my brain interpreted it. I so, see. So one of, the, one of the questions that we love to explore is, like, what is the first pun you remember hearing? Because that's the real epiphany moment for a lot of people when they recognize the difference between a pun and just something funny or slapstick or, right. or, or, or some general wordplay. I'm 67 years old, and I've long long ago finished raising my kids, but I have a, a nephew, a, a grandnephew, who's two and a half years old, and he's just now starting to get pretty conversant, and I've, I've been experimenting with teaching him puns just sort of very gently, just ever so gently, you know, to, to point out the similarities in, in, in some words, you know, and he gives me this strange look like, like, wait a minute, you said this was that word, but that's that word too. And I just said, yeah, that's a pun. That's a pun. So I'm working on, I'm working on, I'm subverting the next generation. I have to say, it's really fun to watch my nine-year-old. He, he, as we've discussed here before, sees how much pleasure I get out of puns and so he's training himself um, talked about that on an earlier episode about how it's it's an innate skill for a lot of people but it's something that you can hone and get better at and he's really been doing an amazing job at that I'm proud of him I mean like chess again like there are certain people who kind of have a natural talent to it but you can also if you enjoy it get really good or even just enjoy it without being a grandmaster so you have a, a reputation among your family, of course, for being Mr. Wise Guy. Do you find that it's easier to deal with people who don't know you if you kind of keep that closeted for a little while? Uh, or or do, you, do you just wear it on your sleeve? I think as I get comfortable with people, and once I know I do pun competitions, then I kind of don't care anymore. <laughs> the secret uh, is out. <laughs> right. Uh, but some people, like, I'll make a pun with new people and they'll kind of bristle sometimes uh and i rush them off (laughs) yeah um i i I hide in a catacomb when that happens you have a fuller life (laughs) so some people and i met people like i don't like puns and then they tell jokes that chop puns in them so uh, which means i don't like your puns i like mine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i definitely i definitely have met people who get like taken aback when I make puns and then I, I I don't press like I don't make more puns to them to get them back and show them the light and kind of proselytize the puns uh, usually if I have people who are friendly audience I'll just go to them I'm constantly curious about how people's brains work when they're conceiving a pun right and if you could humor me for a, for a moment even though this may not be humorous I would like to see a thought bubble over the top of your head as I give you a two-word phrase which will inspire you to the point where you will start to look for puns in it. Well, it may perspire me, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the term I'm going to give you is bicameral legislature. Bicameral legislature. Uh, so the first thing that comes to mind is bicamera. So you go to store and buy a camera. Camera low is another possibility so you took a photo of Cam Merlot, like I want to take a photo of that wine. Legislature is a little tougher. Written, you could do leg, gist, so I'll, I'll tell you that gist later. Lature, it's like nature kind of. So my leg is nature is the biggest reach possible. Uh, there's also camel related to cameral. So I went to the desert and by cameral. 
or I went to the store and bought some cigarettes by Camel. We're going to do that bill another time. It's a legislator. Uh, <laughs> and finally, I rode my bicycle to the rally. It was a bicameral legislator. <laughs> You don't have to use the whole thing. <laughs> you can leave some of it laying on the floor if you want. Perfect. Okay, I, I have I have more of them. <laughs> All right, here we go. Extradition treaty. Extradition treaty. First one is when I speak, I use extradition. They made some cake. It was treaty. <laughs> I break up with a lot of people. It's an extradition. <laughs> when I want something to happen, I get entreaty. When I do mathematics, I use extradition. When I... Oh, it doesn't work. Uh, well, so I was looking for axe tradition. So, yeah, when I, when I do lumber, I use an axe tradition. Awesome. And that's okay. <laughs> See, also with treat... Yeah, I mean, I guess also with the lumber. Yeah, it's actually perfect. Yeah, the tree. Yeah, treaty. So, yeah, I I do my axe tradition with a treaty. And I make hot beverage out of it, so it's a treaty. I was wondering, is the Book of Mormon an extra edition of the Bible? (laughs) (laughs) If I I plant pines, I get... Well, anyway, yeah, that doesn't work. Bail out. (laughs) I was was trying to get treaty... I, I planted pines. I got treaty. The thought bubble game is really intriguing to me because I live there. I live in that thought bubble all the time, looking at road signs, looking at brand names, listening to the radio, TV. For sure. The, these things are going on in my head all the time, and I can see them going on in your head, but I can't read them until you share your thought bubble with me. And a little, a little later in some other subsequent episodes, we'll be doing some more of these. And just uh, qu- quickly want to add that there's a lot of psychological research into chunking which is Mm -hmm. you decompose things into little pieces and then you can recombine the pieces so just to completely harp on chess for this episode grandmasters will be able to quickly reconstruct positions that look normal because they'll see these five pieces are in this configuration these five pieces are in another and so you're basically only reconstructing three to five chunks instead of you know 32 pieces is this term chunking a Computer, this is a technical com- term. Is this computer lingo? Daniel Pink mentions it in one of his books. I can't remember which it, it's one. It's a psychological Not term. Daniel Pinkwater. And, Daniel and so Pink. it, it applies to a lot of things when you're trying to remember things, but it's certainly in the thing, exercise we just did, I was decomposing the word into chunks and then trying to combine them yeah. in different ways. Defragging and refragging. Right? <laughs> well, and, and I think something else about punsters in general, especially ones who are really successful at pun slingers at the O. Henry pun off, and this is clearly true with you, is you have a wide berth of experience, right? I mean, you already mentioned kickball, of all things. I think it was a C-section, actually. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's how they get the crown. <laughs> and now you can add podcasts to your list of experiences. So when we come back, we're going to play one of the two most popular games at the O. Henry pun off. You guessed it. It is pun slingers. Stick around. Okay, thanks for coming back. It is, in fact, Pun Slingers. Now, unlike the 
actual O. Henry pun-off, we are going to play with some slightly modified rules, house rules. For example, repeating a cue is okay. I will present a topic, and as always, it doesn't matter who goes first, but we will go clockwise. The topic today is furniture. I thought it was dramatic pauses. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get a good edit okay, in there. Okay, three chairs for the topic. Let's go. I'm starting. Uh, I went camping, and in the woods, I saw fern nature. You know, I had some uh, bed puns I was going to tell, but that would make your head bored. If I take too long to tell this pun, I'm afraid I'm going to hear the table. If I wanted to order an Uber, could I just as easily go on the on the web and call a cabinet? Joke couched in puns is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely certain that all lives mattress. I don't know if this counts as a pun. Uh, I'm I'm afraid that if I tell too many puns around my friends, I would be a wallflower. David made the pun about the. How many did you make so far? How many pun, couch puns did you make so far? Starting them. That's forgivable, but you know what they say to forgive is divan, anyhow. So. Uh, I studied the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> is that a pun? Because uh, uh, the Ottoman furniture comes from the Ottoman Empire. I'm, by the way, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm learning. I used to love to watch that show back in the 80s, Ottoman. <laughs> yeah, all four episodes yeah, of all it. Four episodes. <laughs> you know those dog like creatures that live in the ocean? Are there babies called sealings? Wait a minute, I have another Ottoman pun. Okay. <laughs> it comes right after the fall, right? <laughs> Autumn and fall. Uh, no, also, I don't know if ceiling is furniture, but anyway, <laughs> it's in a house. <laughs> I, my dad's dad was very pugilistic. In fact, one time, and grandfather clocked him in. I read a lot. I'm a book ace. I ate an Ottoman once and took a footstool. <laughs> <laughs> the Macbeth witches involve themselves in quite a bit of toil. Let them do that. Toil, let them do that. Is toilet furniture? Toil, toil, <laughs> you said on it, yeah. yeah. That's the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> You're really in a fixture, aren't you? <laughs> that thrown me for a loop. <laughs> now it's furniture. Oh, now it's an American standard. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to price fist I think, your I think, I, think, I think we totally fi- finished that one. I say it's not American, it's Ukraine. <laughs> and now we have nothing left to go on. I, I have to pee, you know. I heard you like Herman Miller furniture. Aaron? I like it myself. <laughs> A friend of mine wanted to go bar hopping, and I said, I don't know which bar top to... Uh, I traveled for work and I had a Poe DM expense. <laughs> I lost part of my bedroom set, so I had one night stands. So if I were a self-taught attorney, I guess you'd say I desquired myself. <laughs> I had a I had a, uh, a gooseneck light fixture that would not support itself. It was just a little lamp-wristed. <laughs>
I'm running out, but they drug more puns from me. I think you're just padding that one. <laughs> um, one a million. That pun was fantastic. David was talking about his one night stand. I wish he would stop making that one night stand pun. I w- I'd like to really like to end tables altogether. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift uh, was a matador. She used a tablecloth. <laughs> the more you think about it, the funnier it gets. <laughs> well, the more Aaron laughs, the funnier. Well, it gets. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that's me. Of course, never forget that famous Japanese movie, Hidden Tiger, Couching Dragon. (laughs) I think we'd better wrap this up pretty quickly. At Halloween, every time I hear a knock on the door, I know there's going to be a cute, cute little kid out there because they're always so a doorbell. (laughs) When I sit on a couch too long, my foot falls asleep and the pain tingles. Painting goals. Oh. <laughs> you know, not everything Herman Miller designed was that creative, but he eems well. You know, my kid has a tendency to smell really bad, but I'd like to think that uh, everyone else's odor not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought your pun was smell really bad, <laughs> but I, I caught you on that one. Throw that wine away. Cab Bennett. You know, when the Frenchman wants to experience grand comfort, he has a cabossier. I don't actually get that, but I'm sure it's... <laughs> do, do, do you remember the poster where the guy's hair is flying back in front of the speaker the from Max Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that chair he was sitting in is a famous design called cabossier. Oh. But, uh-huh. but of course, everybody knows that. <laughs> don't they? I just uh, barely know Herman Miller. <laughs> I made a statue out of wood <laughs> that was fashioned after Roy Rogers' girlfriend. So I took my wood thing and I chip and dance. All right, he got there. He got there. So you better hurry up. We're going to get there before you do. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I'm chipping there. Okay. Did you did you hear about the the wine connoisseur who who uh, even when he opened a bottle of really wretched wine, he still would save it. He so stowed it away in his vile cabernet. I'm tired of this drink. I'm cut bored. <laughs> you know, Dave couldn't be here, so Dave imports his own puns. I had a guy came in to remodel my kitchen, and it uh, turned out he was total phony. He puffed himself up, said, oh, yeah, I've done this lots of times. He was a total phony. He was a counterfeiter. <laughs> if you're having a heart attack at the hospital, they stat you. Stat you. Stat you. The guy who was going to um, remodel your kitchen had to keep going up and down the ladder. He was a reclimber. So you, you know the difference between an eternal optimist and the president of Lazy Boy? Hmm. To one, life is just a bowl of cherries, and to the other, life is adjustable easy chairs. <laughs> My door has a vertical lock. Clock. Oh. <laughs> That's all right. Aaron's out. You don't have to explain to him anymore. <laughs> Pamphlet time. Well, there's no stool like an old stool. I told stools would I say that. Uh, I, I got that one. <laughs> I, I Sometimes it gets too bright in here and I have to close the shade windows. Sun comes in. 
<laughs> when those shades are closed, the sun doesn't come in. I keep my baking powder in a flower pot. F L O W E R. Got it. Got yeah, it. Okay. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron looks skeptical for a minute. Aaron, just go ahead and laugh between everything that anybody <laughs> says, and then we'll, know, we'll 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 pretend you got it. Well, honestly, we're we're running out of time, uh, and I want to oh, wrap okay. this up. It's hard for me to keep my pantries on. <laughs> oh, get your pantries in a twist. Yeah. <laughs> you know my favorite Christopher Lloyd movie. Huh. Back to the furniture. Okay. <laughs> All right. It has been requested that I announce a winner. Uh, I, I think announce I should, a pound would be more like. I think there's no doubt that I am the loser. And, we'll just uh, leave it at that then. You know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> loser. <laughs> he laughs so hard his internal organs hurt. Organs. Yeah, but the piano is not his forte. <laughs> uh, uh, you were going for organizer, I assume? Organ, like a piano. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, at yeah, any yeah, rate... He lives up there in Washington State. It's real close to organ. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to wrap up. However, when we come back, since spring break is coming up, uh, you're about to get some sage advice from our panelists in regard to what to do during that holiday. Can you jump on the bed at the spring break? And we are back. We are going to sign off shortly. Uh, but before we do, let's plug some of the things that we're involved with. For example, on May 11th, 2019, which is finally this year, we will be experiencing the O. Henry pun-off. David Guggenheim, you are the producer of the O. Henry pun-off. Tell us when, where, how, and so forth. The uh, show starts at 11 with music. The pun competitions start at noon. Sign up if you uh, want to participate or compete, I should say, in the pun-off. Opens April 1st, April Fool's Day. At high noon. We've had so many people that wanted in in the past few years. Aaron, Julia Belinsky, and Andy Belinsky have devised a lottery system Mm -hmm. to make sure it's fair and you don't have to be the quickest to get to a computer at noon. Uh, It stays open for at least 24 hours. It's at 409 East 5th Street. So if our listeners are interested in actually participating, go to punoff.com, and then uh, you will see how to sign up there. And also, if you want to practice between now and then, you can go to facebook.com slash puny page. Or if you're already on Facebook, just search for puny page, P-U-N-Y-P-A-G-E. P-U-N-Y, by the way, stands for Punsters United Nearly Yearly. Now, theoretically, you can go to Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, slash pun intensive, and you will find things there. I say theoretically because I haven't put anything on Pinterest yet. I don't, I don't know if we ever will, but just, at least just it exists. Just take his claim to everything possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> precisely. Anyone want to give uh, a personal plug? Doesn't have to be pun related necessarily. What? Anything going on in your life? 
Yeah, so I just want to say find your local pun scene if you're interested in this stuff. So Pundemonium's in a number of cities. Anika Eagle, who's done well at the O'Henry Pun-Off, runs Punderground in Spokane, Washington. Punderdome in New York is well known. So if you have a city that has one, fantastic. You should check it out even just to watch. And then ultimately, if you want to compete. If you don't have a city that has one, start one yourself. Yeah, form one. Or move the heck somewhere that does. How do you start your own city? So a lot of them are at bars, as far as I know. So it's kind of, I mean, you can also like theoretically do it at a comedy club. So it's, it's a lot like an open mic night. Uh, in many ways so you can advertise it that way and then once people get roped in you can tell them it's actually a pun competition De- debate and switch you know you can actually send an email to episode 7 at punintensive.com and tell us a little bit more about your involvement with pun events around the world you can also send an email to episode 7 at punintensive.com to talk about the things that we've talked about today uh, uh, including furniture and headlines uh, and, and Daniel pink yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta look that one up I when prob- i get home i probably got his name wrong but he's sort of a malcolm gladwell he was also a of. reservoir dog now we gotta look up malcolm gladwell <laughs> oh come on malcolm gladwell he's the best one thing i did actually want to add on uh, uh david wide's comment is annika eagle in spokane has come to the o henry punoff at least three or four times now and really killed it i'm 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 a big fan of hers so i recommend you guys check out and we will be having her on an uh, interview episode soon too yeah 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 she's she's really terrific so all right well then uh, uh we're gonna wrap things up wait you forgot you forgot my shameless plug oh i'm sorry i have a very nice two-bedroom apartment upstairs <laughs> 1275 a month it is all electric <laughs> And if with- you're in Austin, Texas, <laughs> looking for a really nice apartment. Okay, so before we go, we are going to get spring break advice from our panelists. Let's go ahead and start with David Guggenheim. If your spring breaks, don't drink from it. <laughs> and Gary Halleck? Always wanted to go to southern Mexico. I like to eat. But I really don't think I would like the taste of canned coon. <laughs> and our very special guest, David Wide. Uh, don't die on your European vacation from Athens to Athens and Dutch to Dutch. <laughs> and folks, I am Aaron Faisal, the host. I'm signing off with the catchphrase. See you next time.